We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to KCSN Update, our daily video and audio show for you guys. I am not BJ Kissel. I have not been lucky enough to be on the Chiefs sideline. I do not have a Super Bowl ring. I'm disappointed by that. He, BJ, won't give me his. But my name is Matt Lane. Been a Chiefs fan for a while. I love working with KCSN and doing all this nerdy football stuff. So I'm excited to be here later today, getting to sit down with Brett Coleman. You know, you know him from his legendary YouTube videos, working with the NFL now on Twitter, Brett Coleman on all of these platforms. He's going to join me in a little bit. We're going to nerd out about you know, the Chiefs trading for Kadarius Tony. what we expect to see from them coming out of the bye week, how this matchup with the Titans coming up Sunday night might go. But first, before we get to all that fun stuff, a quick message from our partners at DraftKings. Just a couple days ago, the NFL trade deadline was happening and all football fans around the world are sitting there. You're at your computer. You're, you're tense. You don't know what's happening. You're refreshing every 30 seconds trying to figure out if your favorite team's making moves. Did your favorite team just make you the happiest person on the planet? Well, you can make every Sunday or every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So you got to check this out. In addition to using the usual bets, everyone can boost their winning with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Tucker Franklin takes full advantage of these daily, and we hear about his winnings. This week, we have the Chiefs taking on the Titans at home in Arrowhead, 12.5-point favorites. That's a game that some of you listening to this, watching this, might be interested in. That's, you know, Andy Reid's pretty good out of the bye week. How good do you think the Chiefs are going to be? Got to find out. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per day all year long. So right now, you need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's the promo code KCSN to get $200 in free, free bets if the team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Bet.com using the code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See the show notes for details. All right, and now we're joined by Brett Coleman. You're coming at us from behind enemy lines. You're still in Buffalo right now, and I, I don't know if we can accept this. You got this Buffalo hoodie on. Like, I don't know what we're going to do about this right off the get-go. Hey, man, I'm Switzerland. I'm neutral. I, I don't want to get in between the giant robots and the giant monsters fighting. I'm, I'm just the guy in the background. Don't worry about me. <laughs> okay, okay. That, that's fair. No, well, we appreciate it, as always, for you jumping in here with us. Um, so the first thing I actually think I have to ask you, it was after you were here last week for this uh, show that the Chiefs went ahead and made their, their big trade of the, this trade period. They went ahead and brought in Kadarius Toney for a third and fifth round pick. He's now coming over to the Chiefs. According to Andy Reid, he is supposedly healthy. You know, we'll find out more about that as the week goes on. But what do you think about the trade just in general for the Chiefs? I mean, it comes down to, uh, you know, separating against man coverage. That's proven to be an issue for them where their main separator is Travis Kelsey. And if you bracket Travis and everybody else is a one-on-one, who's going to go win? And they typically didn't have enough guys that on third and five were getting a cover one call or like cover one double on, on Travis who can just go win. They're bringing in Tony to be that guy. So if you're giving him like an option route from the slot on third and five, generally he's going to be able to go win and just play, play against leverage and use his quickness and fluidity to just find a spot. And and Pat is obviously going to find him once he can just kind of get in the clear. And so as a separator, like his other skill sets fine, but as a separator, that's really what he does well. And they just need somebody who can beat man coverage. That's what he's going to be. It's going to be third and Tony, you know, and I, I, all the other stuff, I don't expect him to make a big dent. But when you really just need to move the chains, that's going to be his job. And that's yeah, that's going to be a key for them because they don't have that guy that is generating this instant separation. So that's that right there. If he can come in and do that, that's going to be huge for them. I know, you know, some other people are wondering if this might eat into like McCole Hardman's kind of touches on some of the manufactured stuff, because that's where Tony does well. Do you think that Andy Reid's going to try to find a way to utilize both of them? Or do you think those roles will kind of stay separate here for a little bit, at least while they try to figure everything out? I think it'll both. Uh, they'll, they'll both get touches. And I, I think I think uh, we're going to see. You remember back in the day, I don't know if Andy's called it in a while, uh, where they call like a double screen with a pump to one side and then you throw it back to the other side. I think you pump it to me, Cole, and then throw it back to Tony or pump it to Tony and throw it back to me, Cole. Like you call those double screens, like probably only like four or five times the rest of the season. But if you can execute it right, and we haven't seen that call in a while. So, you know, who's preparing for it at this point? Um, Either one of those guys can pop a big run there. So you might as well put them both on the field and use the threat of them to complement each other. I can almost guarantee you we're going to see that call. Might not even be till January, but I think we are going to see it. No, for sure. I think anytime they've done that kind of the double screen, it's still just been to set up a fullback or maybe a tight end screen. And when you're throwing it to that kind of athlete versus a Tony or a McColl, you know, there's a lot more room for air with uh, with the athletes out there. So I'm I am excited as well for that. I'm interested to see, you know, how long it kind of takes before we start to see him. I know you don't know this for sure, but how quickly do you think a guy like Tony will start to maybe get on, even just get on the field? Not a lot, not a huge role, but start to get on the field for the Chiefs. Do you think it'll be quickly? Do you think it'll take him a couple weeks? What's kind of your general thought? If he's healthy, next game against Tennessee. Because like like, in terms of install, you can have five plays 
that you really like with him. And you teach him, it's like, okay, here's the read against this. Here's the read against that. Because obviously there are going to be a lot of post-snap reads and stuff like that. Just teach him five plays with your language and, you know, all the potential calls that Pat can get in and out of at the line of scrimmage. Just teach him those five and have those be like your third and got to have it calls. Get him on the field. And that's really all you need because you can call those five plays a total of like 15 times in a game, get him 15 snaps and maybe like four or five catches. Like you can absolutely do that. And there's probably some hope that coming from you know the Giants where Mike Kafka is there with Brian Dable, there's going to be enough crossover in terminology or their offensive scheme that it might not take him as long to pick it up. So I, I'm with you. It should not take – you could see a Christian McCaffrey type just installation where there's a small package of plays almost immediately for the 49ers that they were able to field out against the Chiefs for Tony against the Titans. Coming out of the bye week, uh, outside, you know, we got to- this Tony edition. Is there anything else you would like to see the Chiefs start to do down the stretch this year to mm. take their game to the next level, offensively, defensively? Like, what's one thing you want to see the Chiefs do a little bit differently or better at coming out of the bye week here? Um, <laughs> this is, this is going to sound really harsh because I Uh-oh. was a Clyde Edwards, a massive supporter coming out of the draft. Give Pacheco the ball more. I would really like to see it. And there's nothing against Clyde. I just think this Pacheco kid's really good. He runs super hard, ultra physical. He's got juice. It's nothing against Clyde, but I would like to see what happens if we give Pacheco 17, 18 touches and and just let him break one. Like, I think he's really close to having that type of game. And I I think that was kind of what they did this last game as the Niners, where Pacheco came out and was named the starter, and it didn't really impact the snap percentages. But if you listen to Andy Reid, fielding Pacheco as the starter for essentially your 15 scripted plays, it guarantees him at least a couple more touches because that's when you know Mm -hmm. Andy Reid knows he's going to put some runs in there. So it seems like they're kind of hinting the same direction. And I guess I think that's the biggest thing is you know you're getting some of these guaranteed runs. So I'm with you. I like Pacheco. I think getting him some more designed runs where you're not having to RPO it out and read everything so it becomes 50-50 and we know Pat's going to pull the ball and throw it a bunch (laughs) of times. Uh, So. I'm with you there. Anything defensively you think there's any changes you expect to see from the Chiefs defense? You know, they're getting Trent McDuffie back off of IR. He just got activated. Rashad Fenton has also been traded away at the trade deadline. Anything you anticipate seeing differently from the defense coming out of this? Uh, Specifically for this game, I think we're going to see pretty much almost entirely single high. Like they're going to live in cover three and cover one in this game. Uh, because if last week is anything to go by, they would rather give Derrick Henry 32 carries than let Malik Willis throw it like 15 times. Um, assuming Malik Willis is playing. I don't, I don't really know at this point what Ryan Tannehill's status is. He missed last week with an illness. But even then, even if Ryan Tannehill's playing, Derrick Henry's getting 25 carries in this game, boys. Like that's It is what it is. And so I kind of want to see them just lean into that. And, uh, you know, especially with McDuffie coming back, line up and cover one, line up and cover three, you know, bring fire zones on first down. So we're just gumming up everything at the line of scrimmage and leave your guys out on islands and say, beat us. Cause I don't think they can. I think yeah. literally their only shot is Derrick Henry breaking a long run. And if you're just filling every single gap at the line of scrimmage and selling out that way, I don't think Tennessee can win that way. So this is a this is a perfect transition here. The Chiefs do. The Chiefs got the Titans coming up, you know, on primetime at home this weekend. What what is the Titans offense? How is the Titans offense having success right now? Or where might they have success against this Chiefs defense? What do you think they're gonna try to do against them? They're gonna run the ball. 
and, and you know, the last couple Titans games, um, they have won by running the ball, especially closing it out late. And and they've they've sneakily been on a little bit of a run here recently. And as long as King Henry's going, they they got a shot in any game. But you look at the last couple of games specifically, like that that monster run to close it out against the Colts, where like Ben Jones literally picked up Derrick Henry and dragged him through the pile for an extra five yards, got the first down, closed the game out. Uh, last week, Henry got 32 carries and over 200 yards and a couple scores, single handedly won the game for them. There, they're gonna try to do the same thing here. If you look at how the Titans operate, it's mostly inside zone, outside zone. They've been that way for years. I, I pulled up a whole bunch of stats. And how the Chiefs react to inside zone and outside zone, they've actually been mostly pretty good. If I recall correctly, outside zone, they're at about four and a half yards of carry. Inside zone, they only allow 3.3. Nothing game-breaking. And they've only allowed five explosive runs on outside zone the entire year. All of them were against San Francisco. All of them were in two-back sets. And you look at the Bills game, we talked about this pre-show. When they ran the ball well, it was out of two-back sets. So the Chiefs struggle against two-back. The Titans don't really run two back. And the closest thing I would imagine they have to it is when uh, their other tight end slash H back Chica Conquo was on the field, who I compared to Delaney Walker when he was coming out. So if they're going to run any sort of two back runs, it'll be with him on the field, but they don't really have a traditional fullback. And so knowing that, knowing that all the big runs that San Francisco broke, it was on like outside zone. There was a wind back outside zone lead. Um, they put use check in as like an extra tight end and ran outside zone that way. And Karloftis was like flailing behind the play because he turns like a battleship. It, I, I wouldn't say Tennessee's run game is built like San Francisco's. So I don't necessarily expect them to break a whole bunch of explosive runs because of how differently they operate. Now, if they lean into Chickaconquo being a fullback and they put him in as a fullback and they're running wind back and, you know, they're they're forcing Karloftis to boast to both play the bootleg and flatten down backside. Like, yeah, they might be able to break something, but will I predict them to do that? Not necessarily because that's, that's asking them to be something that they haven't been before. So we'll see. Um, but I would imagine that Tennessee's run game has a lot, uh, a lot more hurdles to get over it this week compared to the last couple of weeks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And that's the thing with the Chiefs kind of defense is they are not the most stout versus the run, but it is a very downhill penetration style defense. So teams like the Titans, when they're going to run a lot of outside zone or even inside zone, they're trying to spread it out a little bit and then find cutback lanes for Derrick Henry to get downhill. And obviously zone runs will take advantage of this penetration style defense. But when you compare and contrast that to the Raiders, the Bills or the 49ers aggressively using the two backs and climbing directly to the second level, the Chiefs have been better against that. So your hope is Willie Gay's back and healthy. You know, you have this, he's back there in this game now. Not He was never injured, but he's back. You hope that the Chiefs can do a little bit better here, and they've had some success in the past defending Derrick Henry in this run game. So hopefully that aligns well. Do you think there's a big difference between Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill playing quarterback for this mm-hmm. particular matchup? Malik Willis can do wow plays, and he can do stuff with his feet, and he's got a better arm. But in terms of like consistency as a passer, Ryan Tannehill is still far and away better right now. Malik Willis in a couple of years, we could be – singing a different story but for now if I was a Chiefs fan I would rather face Malik Willis and have a higher percentage of you know getting a couple errant balls that get picked off rather than face Ryan Tannehill who again not an elite quarterback in his own right but still more stable right now than the rookie so um, again we don't know who's playing yet I think either way the Chiefs defense should be fine but It's one of those where it's like if Ryan Tannehill's playing, yeah, they might win by 10. If Malik Willis is playing, they might win by a lot more than that. (laughs) No, I'm with you there. I think it's that, that, that consistency at the quarterback position. And going back to the point, I don't know if the Chiefs defense needs to change much of what they would do regardless of who the quarterback is. I don't think either quarterback scares you out of, I think as you were saying earlier, playing a lot of single high looks and getting more guys in the box. I don't think you're afraid of either Willis or Tannehill beating you you know, down the field or taking advantage of these one-on-one matchups. And like in, in that sense, if one Titans you know, pass catcher was to have a big game this week. Who do you think it would be? Are we looking at a Robert Mm. Woods game an Austin Hooper game? Like which one receiver do we think could have a big game this week? Bobby trees, I would say. And he's always been one of my favorite receivers in the league because he does everything. He runs great routes. He's got great ball skills. He blocks. You can give him carries. And even though he's on the backside of his career at this point, um, Robert Woods should never be taken lightly by anybody. And it's very easy for him to rip off an eight catch 110 couple touchdown kind of game. We don't see it as often anymore, but it's very possible. And I would not take him lightly. No, that no, he's, he's the guy there. Um, So let's, let's flip to the other side. Let's look at the chiefs offense. Uh, So you're the Titans here and you got the chiefs. You're going into arrowhead. The chiefs are coming off, not only a buy, but coming off of one of, you know, the most efficient offensive performances of the last decade against the 49ers. What what is your just what are you thinking? What's the game plan kind of coming into this game on how you slow down the off that offense with this much extra time and coming off that kind of a performance? It kind of does depend on on what Chiefs are on the field. Um, I would say a lot of man coverage is still the recipe, and then on third down, it, depending on how they're lined up. So if we get Travis Kelsey and Kadarius Tony in a bunch. I'm doing a box coverage over that four over three so that they can't just 
option route us to death all day. I'm always going to make sure I have plus one wherever Travis Kelsey is so that he can't just, you know, do his Travis Kelsey thing and make stuff up as he goes along. If they go two by two and Kelsey's on one side and Tony's on the other side and they're both in the slot, then it becomes a little bit more difficult. And I, I might consider, um, you know, if I have a, a corner that I really love in man coverage, I might consider putting him one-on-one on Tony because we know he's their separator and then, you know, bracketing Kelsey and then putting my number two and three corner on whoever else the chiefs have on the field. That's a little bit more matchup dependent. Um, I would also consider not saying it would work super well. I would consider trying to scheme my way into some pressures or at least scheme my way into giving Jeffrey Simmons one-on-ones. Because if anything on the Titans is going to ruin Kansas City's game plan, it's going to be Jeff Simmons. So that means walking linebackers up, you know, forcing a slide to go away from Simmons, anything I can to give him one-on-one, especially uh, not against Creed, but, uh, you know, especially if we can get like a, a stunt going where like Wiley has to pick up Simmons as a looper and then he just gets a whole you know, full head of steam and gets to run into his chest. That's what I would do defensively. Not saying it'll work, but if I have a plan, that would be it. Well, in the the Titans defensive line, you know, they lose Harold Landry before the season starts, which really hurts because he was, you know, part of a very good defensive line that had a lot of success last year, but they've been able to find success. Danico Autry, you mentioned Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Rashad Weaver has even stepped in here and, you know, has produced some pressures and some sacks. So, they have a quality defensive line. Do you think that they'll just be able to rush for and get pressure against the Chiefs? That's kind of the obvious ticket to quote unquote stopping or slowing them down. Do you think that there's a good chance for them to rush for and get pressure in this game? Or do you think they will have to be a little bit more creative than uh, they normally would be? They can rush for, but again, it's going to depend on alignment. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have to, to pick on Creed and before Chiefs Kingdom ruins me here. When I say pick on Creed, I mean get him to slide away from Simmons. I don't mean attack yeah. Creed. You don't want to attack Creed. He's going to win. Um, but how you align, if you can put a two, a five, and a nine on one side, they're going to have to slide Creed that way. But if you're putting like a linebacker at a nine that you're planning on dropping out anyway to wall off Kelsey inside or whatever – as long as you're forcing the slide that way so that Simmons on the other side at like a four eye on third and seven gets a one-on-one with Trey Smith. Like I love Trey Smith, but I'm still favoring Jeff Simmons there. Like I'd be insane not to Jeff Simmons is insane. So just give him one-on-ones and trust him to, to go win against Trey Smith, trust him to win against Wiley again, whoever it's not that, that you think you can beat Creed. It's that we need to line up to take Creed out of the equation and then we have a shot to rush for. No, oh, absolutely. And I, th- I think another big part too is you've seen the Chiefs go quickly to this, especially, you know, Jeffrey Simmons can wreck the game from the interior. But if one of these outside pass rushers, whether it's a Bud Dupree, Weaver, somebody can start to beat the tackles around the edge, the Chiefs will go back to using a lot of chip help, whether that is, you know, with a tight alignment from an off tight end, or they'll send Jarek McKinnon in there to essentially chip somebody every single play. And it works well but you're taking a receiver out of the progression, especially as fast as Mahomes likes to get through his progression, then go start to create somebody chipping and releasing lates, not really out in the progression. So it'll be interesting to see if we think somebody from the edge can really start to, to heat them up and kind of force the chief's hand there. Do you think there's anybody that is going to really test um, Orlando Brown Jr. Or Andrew Wiley up the arc, or do you think it's going to be a lot more central around Jeffrey Simmons, how they can get him matched up on the interior? 
I think if anything, um, you would want to attack Wiley there. Um, you know, there was an interesting point made, not to go off on a tangent, but uh, go ahead. In, during the, the Monday night game, Browns-Bengals, uh, Duke Mannyweather made a great point <laughs> on that spin move sack that Miles Garrett had that uh, and a whole bunch of other offensive line coaches chimed in after. So it made me consider something I never thought of before, and that's that uh, running back chips actually hurt tackles a lot because the tackle can't see the running back and he can't see exactly what depth the chip is coming from. And so they're kind of, they don't really know exactly how deep they should set. And so sometimes they'll overset even with a running back chip because they just, they can't tell when it's coming. And so then left tackle overset miles span inside spun inside. And everybody's like, well, he had a chip. How, how come he didn't sit inside? And it's like, well, he didn't know exactly what counted as inside Whereas if you're chipping with a tight end where the tackle can see it, like they're shoulder to shoulder, that's a little bit easier for them to then just kind of, you know, sit inside or short set or something like that because they know exactly the timing of the chip and they know where it's coming. So if you're going to give chip help to Wiley, I would literally, you know, if whoever is lined up <laughs> as like a six or a, a something like that, you know, have the tight end be shoulder to shoulder with Wiley and then just give a shove so Wiley can short set it and not worry about getting like a swim move outside. If they're all the way out at a nine, at that point, I'm like detaching the tight end and I'm saying just go mug that dude so that Wiley can just kind of like not have to worry about the edge and he could just sit there because if he gets mugged by the tight end, the only move he has left is power and then Wiley could just sit there and anchor. So if you're going to chip, do it with a tight end. Don't worry about doing it with the running back. Let the running back go out to the flat or take a back or whoever. That point from Duke, I think, was was really eye-opening for me, and it kind of changed how I look at third down protection. No, for sure. It, it, I've heard that before from tackles, that they don't always love that running back chip for the same reason. You don't know where they are. They're going to redirect the momentum of the defensive end, so sometimes it even makes the inside move harder to block like an inside mm -hmm. counter harder to keep up with because now there's an extra force and Andrew Wiley has gotten you know a lot of a lot of heat from Chiefs fans for getting beat on inside moves when he has a running back chip this year because the exact same thing we're saying and I think that's a good point to keep in mind that it's difficult to to know as a tackle. it's a difficult alignment even if you know you have help to know where to go how to set it I will say I think Jarek McKinnon's actually really good at chipping so like I get why the Chiefs do it and they had success against Nick Bosa doing it but I also do love it when they use, whether it's a receiver or a tight end, Juju, Smith-Schuster, MVS, or Kelsey, Noah Gray are all really good at just providing enough help off the line of scrimmage when they kind of do that tight, snug alignment, give that one little shove, and then get out. So I'm fine either way. Speaking of Juju Smith-Schuster, it looks like he's kind of starting to get on a roll these last couple weeks. He's finding his role in this Chiefs offense a little bit. Yes, a lot of it's still beating up zone, but they have found a way to get him some success in man coverage as well. Do you think that that's just kind of was matchup dependent versus the 49ers with the beat up secondary? Or do you think that, you know, he can have some mild success against man coverage as the year goes on? I, I think that, that he can have some success depending on how they're designing it. You know, he's kind of somebody where um, like, I would almost kind of want to get him on like a shallow off a rub and just kind of get him moving. Cause I think he's a, a, a pretty good yak threat. And so I would almost want to, if I, if I get a man coverage, look, I, I want him to be, the guy that gets the benefit of the rub, not the one rubbing and get him on the move. Cause then Pat can just hit him in stride and Juju could kind of, you know, do his thing after the catch in terms of just straightening up beating man coverage. <laughs> that's why they traded for Tony. I'll just leave it at that. 
Bro, yeah, we saw we saw the two back shoulder fades to MVS and Juju Smith Schuster in this game against the 49ers. You know, as Chiefs fans, we're super excited that it might be coming, but you know, we, we don't anticipate seeing the Chiefs just relying on these back shoulder fades to beat man coverage going forward, do we? Or should we? Is the question, I guess. I, you know, that's never really been their game anyway. Like even the last yeah. couple of years, like that that's never been like the main tool in their arsenal to move the chains. Uh, like Green Bay with Devontae, you know, back in the day where it's like we're just running slot fades all day. Like it, they've never done that as much. Uh, and so I don't necessarily see that changing now. They, they're they still the best offense in the league statistically without being a team that relies on jump balls. So, <laughs> you know, it's fine. If, if, if they can't do 50-50 balls, they'll usually find another way to score 35 points. <laughs> For sure. Okay, so it's that time. We got to ask, you know, how, how do you see this game playing out? Who do you think is the winner? It's just like, yeah, what, what do you expect to see this uh, Sunday evening as these two teams face off? I, I don't want to curse the Chiefs. Um, oh. I expect a win. I'm going to be diplomatic about it. I think schematically, they match up pretty well against what Tennessee is forced to do on offense. And I think schematically on offense, uh, they match up pretty well against what Tennessee likes to do there as well. Uh, the one way I can see them losing is, again, the defensive line for the Titans takes over the game. And if Derrick Henry, uh, you know, when he's when he's got one guy to beat in the hole and technically the run is fit up as well as you possibly can on paper and he still just runs over somebody and breaks a 50-yard run, like if Derrick Henry just out-talents you, I can live with Derrick Henry just out-talenting me because he does that all the time. Um, schematically they should have this game. It just comes down to will the true best players, Henry and Simmons win the game for them. That's, that's literally it. Uh, no, thank you so much, Brett, for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, that's Brett Coleman on YouTube and Twitter, right? That's, that is your mm -hmm. handle on Twitter. Oh, look at me go. Um, but yes, make sure you follow, go find all of Brett's work. It's phenomenal. You guys will not be disappointed, but yes, thanks as always for joining me, Brett. Thank you very much. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.